slowly coming to the end of our day together. There's another good hour left still. And I guess you have probably noticed that you know, your minds have slowed down through having this very conducive setup where we are together, you know, turning inwards and deciding to not speak and focus the energy onto the workings of the body and the mind. And you know, and what we find out first is that there's a constant momentum going on in the mind. The mind always is looking for something else, something better than what is in the present. This, this kind of underlying, uh, often unconscious momentum of that the real thing is somewhere else. It's always not where we are just right now. And then when we are somewhere else, of course, then this momentum just doesn't allow us to really settle. And again, you know, off we go into the next fantasy, into the next scenario, hoping that it we're going to arrive one day. But if we don't address this momentum of uh, summarized, this momentum is called ignorance. And it keeps us spinning forever and ever if we don't decide, you know, to turn towards it and really see uh, what is happening here. And in the Buddhist text, uh, this um, phenomenon is called samsara or the, the wheel of uh, life and death. And we, we can compare it with a hamster who is running in a wheel and never arriving anywhere. And even if, or a spinning wheel, even if we stop, you know, pedaling the, the spinning wheel, it will still run for a certain amount of time until it slows down. And the same is with our minds. You know, even we may be sitting still and... Uh, trying to focus on an object of meditation, the mind has still this momentum of running and running and then to uh, develop that capacity to hold steady with that is how meditation starts out. To, to just see that this is an impersonal phenomenon which we all share. This is not just you. This is it's just part and parcel of the, of the human birth. And then, you know, through recognizing that truth, uh, we slowly go more into the depths of experience because if we are staying with this uh, momentum of running, we always are only in the surface of our experience and we don't uh, feel really nourished by it. We don't feel really connected with life. And we always feel we need something else. But if we would really be with where, where we really are and go into the depths, this, this feeling of it's somewhere else, it's somewhere else, would fade away. But for that we have to stay steady enough, long enough, so we can connect with something which is under the surface of experience. And because we haven't been attending to this for a long time probably, we have to clear out these channels, you know, which connects us to a greater experience. And 
this process can we can call this as a process of purification. So if we clear out these channels, then we reveal a sensitivity which is, you know, is able to really connect and draw nourishment from where we are right now, whatever it is. And at the same time, in order for this clearing out process to happen, we have to receive what's cleared out. And very often is is a lot of feelings which we haven't allowed ourselves to feel, and we went into distraction. And as you know, our modern society offers us a million and more distractions, and the whole momentum of the culture goes very much into pulling us into distraction getting more of this, getting more of that, promising us uh, many, many things and uh, you know, leading us into the wrong direction, basically. So this practice goes against the cultural stream and therefore you know, we need support to do it because it's, it's difficult. It's like going against the stream in, in literally within our own Selves, but also in society, because society doesn't really yet, in the mainstream, you know, appreciate that uh, movement of, uh, you know, being content with what we have right now, because there's this idea if we would be content with what we have, uh, you know, our society would collapse because the economy would collapse, and so we rather, you know, we rather resign ourselves that the planet might collapse soon in terms of not being able to sustain a society in the way we are living because we just, you know, really do not really deeply appreciate the fact that we actually can change our ways how we are operating. And, you know, meditation is a very good tool to to prepare the mind to uh, you know, clear out old ways of looking at experience and make some space for for a much deeper truth to come through. And uh, I don't know if I've heard it or read it. Something which may sounds quite funny, but it's actually rather sad that you know we it's for us easier to imagine you know, the end of human life on the planet than to imagine the end of, of uh, capitalism or the end, how we, the end of life, how we live on the planet. That's something we, we really uh, should take the pains to, to look at, at that because we have the tools, you know, in order to see how much we are removed from the way things really work. We are not understanding, you know, how deeply interdependent we are with all that lives. So we live in a way which is very um, ignorant, simply speaking. And it's very, very important that we put in some effort to clear out those uh, channels of perceptions which are are really uh, very much you know, clogged up with a lot of conditioning which is not uh, appropriate, you know, to deal with the situation we are in. So we need to stop and uh, 
take stock of the way how we are operating and seeing, you know, is this a way which is, uh, you know, bringing us what we would like to have in our lives? You know, do we live in a way which is really bringing us peace and well-being or, or not? And it is a lifetime's work to do this uh, clearing out. But, you know, the earlier we start, the better it is. And I think the most, uh, you know, difficult thing to come into the present moment and to be connected with our experiences, this feeling of... Uh, groundlessness which we are getting in touch with if we are really stopping and you know coming inside ourselves because this body and mind you know which we call ourselves is actually is a process which is constantly changing and we are you know we are never arriving anywhere and to make friends with this uh, with this process is ability to really be where we are without wanting already to be somewhere else, to be able then to be to be with this feeling of of groundlessness, which we can connect when we really in the present moment and not, you know, uh, interpreting on that feeling in order to find somewhere to stand on. Because this is like putting, um, you know, putting something into the process which is is conceptual. And if we really want to deeply connect with ourselves, we have to come into the experience of the present moment and uh, putting concepts on top of this, you know, is not really helpful in order to really let go of this constant obsession with arriving somewhere and being something and finding safety in, in that in that way. But the safety which we are all yearning for, we can only find in, in the ability of, of letting go of wanting to be somewhere in particular. And this momentum of always wanting to be somewhere else, wanting to arrive somewhere, this is called samsara uh, in the scriptures. And you know, the, the different methods of how we try to find find somewhere to stand on in the Buddhist scriptures, it's called you know this is different hindrances how we remove ourselves from di- from direct experience and. Those five hindrances, I'm sure, you know, in a day long like this, you will have experienced them in your own mind. And there's a very uh, handy list of those five hindrances, which I could, you know, could mention to you now. And, And with this list, it's very easy to identify when your mind either, you know, is imbued with, with, for example, you know, fantasizing about something which you would like to have. So trying to pull something towards you. Or mm-hmm. if the mind is 
obsessed with something it does not want to experience or it doesn't want to be with, pushing away. And you can also experience that in your own, in your body, not only, you know, not only in the thinking process, but it also manifests in the body if we pay attention to it. And then the next, next strategy which the mind throws up is dullness. You know, just just becoming, you know, very fuzzy and uh, and tuning out, or maybe go, going to sleep. <coughs> then the next one is is restlessness, constantly kind of jumping from one thing to the next, like a monkey, you know, jumping from one branch to the next branch and. You know, never staying anywhere. And the last one is, is doubt, going in circles all the time. Just never quite sure what's going on. So this is five different ways how the, how the mind, you know, distracts itself so as not to allow to go deeper because there's this resistance to be with this feeling of, of uh, groundlessness. And meditation is, is a way, you know, how we can make friends with this feeling and actually see the freedom which is in that truth. This is not, there's nothing missing here. This is just the way things are. There's a constant change is happening and we can actually open up to that and make friends with it and see that it holds tremendous freedom. Freedom, you know, of growth and freedom of um, of ch- of constant change. In order to be able you know, to appreciate that, we have to really look long, long enough, and for that we we need encouragement because there is so much distraction all around us, and we we have lots of things to do in very complex lives we all lead. So it, it it is something we really need to pay attention to because it doesn't come easy. You know, we we do have this desire to uh, constantly interpret our experience and and sort it out into we want more of this and we don't want that and this is good and this is bad and. There's this this uh, constant picking and choosing about experience rather than uh, trying, you know, to see it in in a different way, to see it in a, in a bigger context. Because if if we see our own experience in in a bigger context, then uh, you know, this labeling and conceptualizing about experience starts to uh, make less and less sense. Because, for example, there is a, is a lovely story I have already told a few times, but I, I tell it again because I find it very um, illustrative for that, uh, about an, an old man have an old farmer, he has just one horse in order to, 
you know, work his fields. And one day that horse runs away and and all the people in the village, you know, have pity on the man and say, oh, you know, he lost his horse. Now how should he work his fields? And, you know, he's, he's in big trouble now. And the old man is a wise man and he says, who knows? Let's see what's going to happen. And then after two or three days, this horse comes back and brings another three, four horses with him. And suddenly he has, he has, he has five horses. And the people in the village say, wow, now he has five horses, really great. Then he has to train those horses so they can help him to work. And his son is helping him training the horses and falls off one of the horses and breaks his leg. And then the people again say in the village, oh, you know, this poor man, his only son broke his leg. Now he can't help him with his work. What's going to happen with him? And the old man says, let's see what happens. And then you know, people come from the, from the government and they're wanting to draft able-bodied young men to go to war and the son can't go because he has a broken leg. So then the villagers say, oh God, He's really lucky. His son is not going to war because he has broken his leg. And on and on goes the story. And with us, it's just the same. It depends, you know, where you cut off your story and interpret it within a certain framework. If, if it's just a small slice, it might, you know, might look really dreadful and terrible. But if you see it in a bigger context, it might just be the turning point in your life, you know, which looks like really dreadful and awful, turns out to be a real good thing because it, you know, it gives us the incentive to go deeper and to stop running because we can see this running always to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. It never, you know, keeps the promise because when we are there, we are experiencing the there with the same mind, which, you know, makes us always run to the next experience, so we can't really be there. So wherever we stop is, is the right place to stop. And then, you know, starting to clear out our channels of connection with, with life as it is to you know, lay open this sensitivity so that we can really uh, be fully in, in communion with what is there. And the meditation you know, is, is a, a process which enables us to do that by you know, sitting down and, and connecting with the body, which is a method you know, to keep the mind in the present, and then receiving whatever you know is is coming up. And if we are you know not developing the capacity to receive the more difficult feelings and emotions, then also we will not be able to have the um, the pleasant feelings and the joyful and gratifying emotions, because you know they are all received through the same channels. So if we don't want to have the unpleasant, we also cannot connect with the pleasant. So it's, you know, that all belongs together. And, you know, the meditation is is the method how we can 
start to understand this process where we you know we come from the mind into the body and through that we, we connect with a much deeper way of being alive. And I brought a quote from a, a Tibetan teacher from a contemporary and he says the underlying sense of uneasiness that we have now is actually a good thing. It is the expression of our sensitivity. Those who go through life without feeling ill at ease are unconscious. The uneasy feeling caused by our awareness holds tremendous potential for transformation. It is a treasure of energy that we can grasp with both hands and use to build something better. Indifference doesn't lead anywhere. There's Chig Mackenzie Rinpoche. You know, and, and this is basically what I have tried to express before, just expressed in a in a very short way. And it's exactly the opposite message which the which our mainstream culture gives us. So you know, we need to remind ourselves again and again. So, you know, after our last hour of sitting, you're going to go to your cars, you're going to drive, and then in the first town, you will come, you will see, you know, the culture pulling and wanting you to come and buy this or get that and promising you a lot of things if you, if you do that. And, you know, to keep conscious about all of this is not easy. But it can be done because there have been, you know, lots of people before us who did this practice and it's passed down. You know, it can definitely be done. One needs to just develop, you know, skillful means to remind oneself. And... You know, I hope that we were able to share a few ways of how that can be done and also, you know, to give you some inspiration and some sense of urgency about all of this. And I think, you know, the environmental situation which is... You know, an increasing uh, reminder for us that the way how we live is not in sync with truth because we need to uh, be more attuned to the way nature works. And, you know, because we are part of nature, we can just start by tuning in with our own body and mind. We are not you know, separate from nature, which is part of all of this. And we are like earth walking. You know, earth element is one of the elements we are made of, and water element, fire element, and air element. We are just a very peculiar combination of all of those elements. And we have, you know, a consciousness which has the capacity to reflect on itself.
and with with that privilege there comes also a work you know which we have to do and you know and the first thing is to clear out these these channels of perception so that we can be more attuned to the way things really are and it starts just by looking inside ourselves and it's not you know very complicated but it is not always fun to do because we we meet you know parts about of ourselves which which we maybe have never met before and which which can be very surprising but you know to, but to the extent that we are willing you know to do this work to to that extent we will be more deeply connected to life and will have more capacity for also joy and and depths of wonder about this whole process you know we are part of this this universe and it is all you know to realize that it all starts by just sitting down and and uh, looking here so you know the only place if we are you know in this if we notice that we have this momentum of running and always thinking it's somewhere else it's somewhere else the real place to go is 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 to wake up to this because as soon as you wake up to this momentum you have arrived because you can only wake up in the present moment you can't wake up in the future or in the past you can only wake up now and every moment you are awake you have already arrived you're already here because it's already all here So I think I read the quote one more time because I think it's very beautiful. The underlying sense of uneasiness that we have now is actually a good thing. It is the expression of our sensitivity. Those who go through life without feeling ill at ease are unconscious. The uneasy feeling caused by our awareness holds tremendous potential for transformation. It is a treasure of energy that we can grasp with both hands and use to build something better. Indifference doesn't lead anywhere. <laughs> 